and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Trent Condon and Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours as we talk local sports with you. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. Not all local sports today, but a good portion uh, of it. We're going to start in about 20 minutes with our friend Brian Rilko from the IRGC. Not going to spend a ton of time, but a couple of uh, things we want to talk to with Brian as the state of Iowa continues to see their uh, share, revenue share going up tax-wise and handle-wise in the state and uh, where we might get to and what else is being at least kicked around uh, by the state as they're in session legislature-wise. So we'll talk to Brian Arilco for a few minutes, about 10.25, 10.30-ish. Then John Bowenkamp's going to be in here. He was part of the Zoom yesterday uh, for the Hawkeye Hoopsters who take the floor tonight, 6.30. Uh, if you can't be in front of your TV, the game airs down the hall on News Radio 1040 W. UHO tip off time kind of a weird one 6:30 uh we've got what three big 10 games 4:30 mm-hmm. 6:30 and 8:30 tonight uh so if you're tuning in for the 8:30 game <laughs> probably not going to see that one tip right uh, when advertised 8:45 8:50 yeah. 8:52 and right. they don't use the overflow channels often for basketball no, that is not. a football only and it's not like they can just go over to BTN2 or BTN News and put it on there. So uh, if you're looking for one of those late games, let's hope Indiana Northwestern just get that thing over in a crisp one. That's the early one? That's the early Perfect. one. Perfect. Get that thing finished up so we go right into Iowa Rutgers. And then Wisconsin and who is late? Nebraska. Uh, that's not much of a game. Uh, anyways, uh, so we will uh, talk to John Bowenkamp uh, at about 1045. A couple of issues we want to get to. Obviously the game. Mm-hmm. Obviously the slide. And a couple of the players responded when asked about officiating. We'll get to that in uh, in a few minutes here. Uh, in the 11 o'clock hour, well, it's Wednesday after all, so that means David Kaplan is going going to join us, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Uh, on the uh, list of things to do with Cappy is uh, the Bears and their quarterback situation and is Carson Wentz. Are those rumors uh, that he's going to be either a Bear or a Colt? Do they make sense and what's the likelihood? We'll get into the Cubs, we'll get into the White Sox with Cappy coming up here at 11.05. And then we'll finish thing up with our friend Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. Uh, we will... It's such a big topic. It's going to be a major, major topic between now um, and who knows how long it goes. If it wants to drag itself out, I'm all for it because there's going to be some quarterback movement. What have we heard they over under? What did Schefter set it at? 18 and a half. 18 and a half quarterback And he changes. said he'd take the over. It's crazy. Uh, but we'll get into that with uh, Frank Schwab. Uh, so before we get to, um, uh, to Iowa and uh, the comments from yesterday... Uh, from Jordan Bohannon and from Connor McCaffrey, who were complaining about the officiating. Now they were asked, so we got to make we got to put that out there. It's not like they brought it up on their own. But I want to start with Iowa State, who again got close and again got left at the altar, um, unable to finish both halves. Both halves, yeah. It was a 9-0 run to end the first half yeah. of the game. Look, Iowa State had a 10-0 run and a 13-1 run in the first half of that basketball game. They were down 9-2, then up 11-2, and then uh, with four and a half minutes, uh, whatever it was, left in the first half, they just come off a 13-2 to 
two run. Um, but as you mentioned, Trent, at the end of the first half, a 9-0 run. And what, what, what Prome did in the final um, 30 seconds of the game is just indefensible. I mean, Rasir Bolton's not on the floor. Yeah. Uh, Coleman Lance, who has more free three-pointers than anybody on the team, he's not on the floor. Is Trey Jackson is going to run up and, and take a bad shot? Robbie Hummel stole a line from Jack Buck. I don't believe what I just saw. <laughs> uh, and, and you couldn't. And by the way, what a treat Bukshambi and Robbie yeah. Hummel on for ESPN. That game. Right. For TCU, who, folks, this is a bad basketball team. Yeah. They can't shoot save their, save their lives. But yet somehow they found a way to win. I thought Iowa State was going to win the game. I really did. TCU's got everybody coming back next year. Yeah. Bad news, they got everybody coming back <laughs> next year. <laughs> Not a senior that plays you right. That, that, Ooh. And, you know, seeing them last week against Oklahoma State, I boy, they, this team looks pretty good. I was kind of yeah. excited about Jamie Dixon's group, and then you see them Well, Miles stretches. didn't play last night, and, right. and that's, I mean, that this is the very, very talented freshman. I mean, mm-hmm. when we had Eric Heft... When we have a Monday, uh, he was um, you know uh, alerting us to watch the watch this Miles kid because he's legit and he didn't play, so maybe he's the difference in the game. Yeah. But look again, Prome down the stretch. Prome was asked the question. I don't know if it was Hines or who brought it up following the game about his you know his future um, going forward, and, and Prome didn't dodge the question. He's hundred percent right. It's inexcusable. Um, for this team to be in the place that they're in, and it's not gone well. I mean, when was the last time this team won a road a road conference game? 2019. It's ridiculous. It's 2021. It's ridiculous, Trent. That uh, it's been two years since this team picked uh, picked somebody, and it was TCU, was it not? I think it got brought up in the broadcast. I believe it did. The TCU was their last road win. Uh, Rasir Bolton played as you know what off again. He's clearly the just put that the- on repeat. Yeah, we can put that in the right. button bar. <laughs> we, we should. Um, <laughs> But how's he not on the floor at the end of the basketball I, game? I don't get it. Again, I, Coleman Lands leads the team in three-point. Where's he? He's on the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't score from there. Um, Positive-wise, I thought George Condon played his best game of the year. I, th- I agree with you. Yeah, I, I mean, the bar wasn't set real high, to correct. be fair. Yeah, yeah. But I thought he was engaged. I thought he was changing some shots. Um, they're still way too soft. They got killed on the offensive class. And TCU, as bad a shooting team as they are... They weren't scared to launch because they're going to get the rebound. 21. 21. 20 second half points. 20 to 5 second chance points is what they outscored uh, Iowa State by last night. Look, and here comes Kansas. And then here comes Kansas again and Oklahoma State. And I don't have to remind you uh, that it's not going to get any easier as you try and find that win. Trent, I just fear uh, these kids are human. Mm-hmm. These kids are not having fun away from the floor. They're, I, you know, it's hard to criticize kids in a pandemic. It really and truly, is. I feel for them. I really do. They're not having the experience. Nobody's having the experience, right? Mm-hmm. But where I draw, where I come full circle, and they're entertaining us. They really are. What mm-hmm. they're doing. I mean, come on, football wise, basketball wise. And to not get that, and we say this word time after week after week, payoff. They need a payoff. When are they going to get that payoff? I thought it was coming last night. And it didn't. No. And now you look at the schedule, and realistically, it's the last game of the regular season against this same TCU team that well, they saw K-State last Well, K-State hasn't been rescheduled, has it? True. That, Although K-State almost got Texas last night. They did. Longhorns are going the wrong way. Yeah. That's another team mm-hmm. that... This is college basketball, though, and seemingly every single year you're going to have this group of teams mm-hmm. that hit a wall, hit the February, called the Fran Fade, yeah. when we're talking about Iowa, but they're not alone that this happens to. This happens to a lot of teams, and that's why 
your resume come tournament time is supposed to encapsulate everything. Mm-hmm. November games are supposed to be the same as March games. Right. We know that's not the case. Iowa, a perfect example of that, the year they went to the first four. But that's just the way it is. Are, is Texas going to be the team we saw in January? I don't know if you can pull yourself <sighs> back out of it. Yeah. You don't see a team that's one of the five best teams in the country, but they're still good enough. They're still mm-hmm. good enough to make a second weekend. TCU, you're right. With Miles out there, I think this is a different-looking team. And if you're Iowa State and you look at this schedule and yeah, hopefully you get that K-State game in there. Not that it's a, there's no guarantee they're going to win. What other buttons are you pushing? I don't know. It, what else can be done? I, I think. Well, going, I would have had my two best shooters on the floor. You know, the guy that went off. Uh, uh, how many did he finish up with yesterday? Bolton? Bolton. 26. 26. So, yeah. Half you, of them you from want, the free throw line. He, he, boy, he's good from the free throw Did he miss from he the free throw line? 13 to 13. Jesus. That's unbelievable. So you want him out there. Uh-huh. You want Coleman Lands out there. Trey Jackson, has he made that shot? Well, he didn't make it yesterday. He didn't. He was 0 for 5 yesterday from behind the line, from behind the arc. Um, Tyler Harris, that's what he is, is a shooter. Yeah. So, so the final shot of the game. Mm-hmm. How many seconds were left? Were there five, six, seven, eight, something like that? Sure. I thought he launched with eight, but um, but whatever it was. So the ball comes off the rim. That wasn't a cyclone in sight. That was weird. Yeah. Now that you mention that, just it was a foul him. You know, get hustled, grab. I mean, I don't know. It probably was going to get away, but just to kind of, you know, there was still a little bit of time. That's nitpicking. Mm-hmm. You know, you would have needed missed free throws and then you guys to get a to prayer. And um, I don't know if they would have been able to get down the floor and do it on time. But they got the steal when they needed too late to give themselves an opportunity. But then again, Rasir Poulton's on the bench. <laughs> Coleman Lanz is beside him. He's the best three-point shooter on the team. What is Prom thinking at that point? I will say this about Coach Prom last night. There was a sequence in the game where he called a timeout. He was not happy with Trey Jackson. And this is a kind of, I don't want to say a passive coach. You know, we've got kind of two extremes. One in Iowa City, (laughs) one in Ames. Completely different personality-wise, right? But I saw Prome walk out onto the floor and met Trey Jackson um, on the other side, uh, he was just coming back on the other uh, from the offensive end of the floor, and he didn't wait for Jackson to get to the sideline. Mm-hmm. He went out and met him about midcourt because he wanted to make sure that he realized uh, that his message was going to be heard and thought that might be the best opportunity to do it. Uh, might have been the best opportunity for him to win the game, Trent. That might uh, that might have been it. He cares. He's still in there. He's still working. But... He's trying to hold his team together. And it's with scotch tape at this yeah. point. And they're they're going to be 2-19. and 3-19 and mm. if they get the K-State game rescheduled and get the win there. Mm. They're not winning the conference tournament. They're going to have 20 losses in a mm-hmm. year where they only play 23 or 24 games. Mm-hmm. Their only wins right now are against two SWAC teams. Yeah, They're just, it's bad. We get it's bad. But we've seen bad Iowa State teams not in the past. Not this bad. Yeah, this no. is a different level. No. This is a level we haven't seen before. If there were fans in the building, ifs, there's a lot of ifs out there, how different it would be. Not much different. Not much different. And can can you turn it around? Can Is this program at a spot where with the right influx of a transfer, a grad guy next year, and what they have coming in and what they have coming back? Who are they going to lose? Are they even in the conversation as a bubble team uh-huh. next year? Keep everybody around. Bring in that right guy. Even that... 
it feels I like think a you huge start stretch. the rebuild, Trent. I think you start the rebuild. I really do. Rip the band-aid Prome, off. Yeah, I think Prome realizes too uh, in his comments after the game. Travis Hines has them included uh, in his article. So I don't want to harp on it. It was just one that um, you felt they had a chance. They played well enough. Um, but again, their coach let him down by the rotation he had on the floor. At the well, Does Bolt make the shot? I don't know. Yeah. I know I, I know. I would have liked to see him have an attempt at it. I'm Coleman lands likewise. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get to Iowa. And I, I was not aware of this. I, I don't know how this got by me until you alerted me today, so I've brushed up on it since then. I'm glad and what we're referencing is Jordan Bohannon and Connor McCaffrey seemingly going off on the officials, which is not a good look at, at any time. But, and I will say but, at least they didn't, Offer that up without being asked. Mm-hmm. They were answering a question, so you give them credit for not ducking it. Now, should have they been a little more guarded in their response, perhaps? Um, Connor clearly feels uh, that there's an official, uh, and I'm not sure if that if there's others on the team that feel the same way as Connor, that feel that one of the Big Ten, a guy that does a lot of Iowa games, is out to get Iowa and is certainly going to err on the side of I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to blow the whistle here because you're you know you're a Hawkeye and that is that Boborowski well Boborowski is the one Fran and him have had it in since Fran got to the Big Ten uh-huh. these guys have butted heads now for a decade plus and it's not gone well you remember the ejection at Wisconsin that was Boborowski at the beginning of it I think their their relationship has got better but there is a new name. Now that is uh Oh, is that the to do with the alphabet? Not a long name. What's yes, it? Paul Sells or Selk. It's yeah. spelled weird. It's yeah. S-Z-E-L-K. Yeah. I've heard people in the... Some so people you say think Sells. that's him? It's not Borowski? That's who is the one that made the... Didn't make the technical call, but made the block call, the awful one against Connor, mm-hmm. that led to the technical by Yeah, that, that was a foul the other way. It was. Yeah. He, he was... I mean, the guy shoved him. Right. He shoved Connor. Right. And the ball was, it was bad. And uh-huh. it was a late whistle. And more than anything, that's what drives players and coaches mm-hmm. nuts. Late whistles. You make a call, you get a call wrong, you can live with that. But if you wait and see how the play ends up and then the whistle comes, that really frustrates, I think, everybody. And by the sounds of things, it was a reputation technical on Fran McCaffrey? So, got both of the comments from both Connor McCaffrey and Jordan Have you got Bowden. the sound? Yes. Oh, terrific. So let's take a listen. This is just uh, about a minute of Connor. Do we have the, the question? Uh, no, I cut that okay. out. Okay, and I was it is Chad Leistikow that yes. asked the question. Chad right? Leistikow asked both of them. And the beginning of it, Connor has a smile on his face the whole time. It's also, I think, important to understand. At the beginning of it, he's kind of laughing. All right, yeah. let's see where we're going here. Okay. And he said, I'm not going to call out at the beginning of this individuals, any individual referees. Right. Which is good. Yes. Because you're going down a wrong path. But yeah. I think this will fill you in a little bit more. And again, remember, I think this was still a lighthearted moment. Because when I first saw the comments, I said, whoa, this is bad. Yeah, in print, they don't look. I'm anxious to see or hear this. Uh, because in print, you don't come across. So this is the last minute from Connor McCaffrey first. As much as I want to take the bait, I'm going to try to hold off. Uh, because I think that, you know, there is no excuse for there for the way that Things went down. We put ourselves in a position to win. A lot of things could could have still gone our way, um, but I think, you know, with maybe a different ref on a crew, that you probably see a different outcome. Uh, and 
I will say, I will say the technical foul was ridiculous. That is what I'll say to defend my dad. That was one of the more insane technicals I've ever seen. It was horrible. It was a horrible call. It was a charge. The kid pushed me down. I'll say that. It was a charge. So either way, you call a block, fine. Joe T stole the ball right after anyways. He wasn't going to score. So it was a terrible call. But then to turn around and call a technical when he didn't swear, he didn't run out on the court. All this, all I heard him saying, he was saying, no way, like no way. Because it was my second foul. So he was mad about that. And he didn't need to call anything. He called it late in the first place. And then it was an awful technical foul call. It was the, one of the quickest ones. And I think that's something that probably goes back a couple of games and, you know, refs, refs aren't supposed to do that. You know, they're supposed to have short-term memory. You know, if, if we can't comment on them, then they can't hold us accountable for things that happened in games past either. That, that's not fair. That doesn't make any sense. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Good for you, Connor McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Because you can't find these college kids, right? Right. right. There, there can be no fine yeah. that comes yeah. to Connor McCaffrey. Now, if we're talking name image likeness. Right. You know what, Trent? I have no problem with what he said there. No. Not and again, whatsoever. same thing. Saw it in print. Oh, boy. Yeah, it can't be, this, we, here, we've reached this point of yes. the season Circling where we're the bitching drain. about the officials. Right. This is where we are. Yeah. Here's Bohannon and uh, his comments, and we'll get both sides of I'm, it. Again, I have no problem with what Conor McCaffrey just said. No. Good for I, you. I, I thought it was really good. Here's Jordan Bohannon. Well, in my mind, I think it's ridiculous that refs are working back-to-back nights. I'm, I don't know if that's the exact same three guys that were fishing the night before, but to have refs work back-to-back nights, I think it's ridiculous and should not be happening. Um, I think there's definitely some background bias that's going on with some refs with Coach McCaffrey, and it's it's unfortunate. And I know Coach McCaffrey literally said, are you kidding me? And he gets teed up for that. And if that's what you're getting teed up for now, I don't want to see what basketball is going to be like in a couple of years, if that's the case. And I don't know what's going on with you know that certain ref that decided to team up, but Something needs to be done and something needs to be said because that was unacceptable. And I stand by Coach McCaffrey for being by us players, and I know he would do the same for us. Yeah, boy. Um, Do you think we're going to see Paul Sells tonight? I hope. (laughs) I really do. Because, I, I, I mean, how can you not pay very close attention? So if this is who you think it is, right? It I, is? That's who I okay. think it is, yes. Because I know that the uh, the Hawkeye media forever, uh, when they're in the building, uh, it seems like it's a race. There used to be a race when the point spreads would come out for college football to see who's going to post them first on Twitter. It seems like it's a race now for the Hawk media to to uh, uh, let the people at home knowing who's going to officiate the game. So that's going to be a name that we're going to be watching for. Look, McCaffrey's got that reputation it's going to follow him forever uh that certainly by the sounds of things was anything but a warranted technical and when you consider the circumstances and not not that it's his son that picked up his second foul mm-hmm. but that's a player on his team that picked up its second foul and the way he did it was an awful call it was it was a terrible yeah. call and then to exasperate it and add mm-hmm. the technical on top yeah if, if Fran went out on the floor, yes, obviously. Right, he didn't too. get his money's worth, Trent. No. And normally he does. And if he would have used one of the words that are automatics, or... Right. Like if he didn't cuss... Out at Columbus the year that he called the guy a cheating mother blanker. Yeah, that wasn't good. Yeah, you can't do that. No. <laughs> yes, those reprimands need to happen. This, it, it, felt, yeah. it felt odd at the time. And that was another reason. I know a lot of people were freaking out about the T... See, I, I was when it happened because they had such a big lead. Yeah, but they're getting a bad whistle. And when you're getting yeah, a bad whistle, sometimes you got to do things. Yeah. Now it sounds like, boy, he got a T he shouldn't have. Right. 
And it makes you wonder. Maybe Fran was onto something not playing Luca because he knew it was going to happen. That third foul is going to come quickly if he mm. played him at all in the first half. Well, when you look at it that way, yeah, uh, that changes minds a Isn't little bit. Isn't it weird how uh, different the conversation can morph and change from where we were when we started on Monday with this conversation yeah, to still, where I, we are today? I, I, again, I, I still don't like the fact that he fouled out Luca in the first half. I, like I, yeah. I don't think. Play him 32 minutes. Right. I mean, you Give him a chance up to another foul. Yeah. Those were the same refs in the second half, and they didn't think uh, yeah. that he uh, crossed the line and committed a foul. Now it's Rutgers tonight. And it's not going to be easy, Trent, no. because this is a decent basketball team. You know what Big Ten game I watched last night? It was really entertaining. Michigan State-Penn State was a hell of a game. Did you? Yes. I mean, it was close. It was close, yeah. It was Because Penn State's, what, next week? And I don't think I'd seen them in a long time. So I wanted to watch them. I saw them against Michigan Wisconsin. State's next week. Uh-huh. It's Saturday. Okay, so then Penn State, well, they're coming up anyway. I wanted to watch them. So, uh, again, when you read that in print, I thought, oh, God, guys, mm-hmm. this uh, this team really is in a bad, bad spot right now. But then you hear it. Tom Cakert has it up on his website, HawkeyeReport.com, if you want to watch the video feed also. I think that also adds a little context. And, and you can hear the question from Chad. You can hear the beginning of both. Jordan and Connor both smiling a little bit, laughing, knowing yeah. this is where it's going to go. But right. Connor, the full clip was about four minutes of his 10 minutes that he had for the press conference yesterday. 40% of it was dedicated to officials. <laughs> and boy, at the beginning, he sounds just like his dad. If he wants well, to be. He's a coach in waiting, yeah, Trent. If he wants to be. Yeah. I know Margaret, his mom, doesn't want him to be. Yeah. She knows how tough that business can be. And right. He's a really smart guy. He can do a lot of things outside of coach basketball, mm-hmm. but he's got it down to a T. He'll be really good if he wants to. All right. Uh, we are going to uh, try and help somebody out here put $1,000 in somebody's pocket. It's that $1,000 slam dunk time here. Uh, as we text the keyword green to 200-200 right now, it's your chance at $1,000 green to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right. Brian Orilko from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. We'll spend a few minutes with him. Are there any bills making their way to the floor gambling-wise? Uh, how big how, uh, how big can this handle grow? Did you hear this? Now, maybe not hear this, but did you see this on Super Bowl Sunday that a couple of the company's app went down leading up to kickoff? I heard that. I didn't have any problems. I was on a couple of different apps. Uh, I had no Are issues. you on FanDuel? I am. So did you try them? Because apparently that was one of them that went down. Not very long. In okay. fact, my wife was. That's my wife's account. Yes, uh-huh. she's got the itch now. Wink. Yeah, uh-huh. and uh, that's the one. But a lot of wives have, have accounts that yeah. they don't know they have. I'm, I'm learning guessing. more and more about that. One of my buddies opened up five for his wife on Saturday. Cindy plays the horses all the time. Oh, really? Yes, yes. Big horse player. Yeah, huh? bet two hundred. We get two hundred free. She's uh-huh. always opening up those accounts. It's funny how those wives know those promos really well too, now, don't they? Isn't that a great point? How they keep up on? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but I heard a couple of them went down. Um, and look, speaking of horses. The tote, which is what what you bet on, it's going to crash on Derby Day. It's going to. It's the biggest day of the year, and it's going to crash. Now, apparently, some of the apps crashed on Super Bowl Sunday. But you said if it wasn't for very long, if indeed it was at all. Yeah, well, the, the ones that I saw or heard about, it wasn't anything The only one deep, I did was, was FanDuel. If there were others, um, yeah. I... It's going to happen, and it's probably going to happen on the first day of the NCAA tournament because, Eesh. you know what, Eesh. a lot of people that normally aren't jumping on, they're going to be jumping on on that day. Same thing with the Super yep. Bowl. And Are those the two main days? And remember, we get a Friday start this year as opposed to Thursday for the first uh, NCAA tournament. Are those tournament. the two? 
Is well, it, those are the two funnest days in Vegas, if that's yeah. any barometer. Are there any other days that jump out there? You think uh, of like the no. first the first NFL Sunday, no. maybe? No, it's a big day, yeah. but it doesn't it doesn't compete with the Super Bowl or the uh, opening round of the NCAA, particularly the first two days. Trent, yeah. it, being in Vegas for those two days, it's, I don't know if I'd want to do it at 62, but when I did it at 42 or whatever, mm-hmm. it was fun. Right. You know, Super Bowl likewise. It's a blast. But now that, you know, I, maybe it's changed because every all the states have gambling. But you're not coming to Iowa for the tournament. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Just not. The uh, the windows are out for CBS, True TV, TNT, all the games uh, when they're going to be scheduled. Uh, that came out. Matt Norlander has that first two days as normal. Start at 11 a.m. our time. Mm-hmm. Last game will tip off approximately 8.50 Central Time. And uh, remember... We'll have those second round games Sunday, Monday right. this year. Right. And looking at that, we're going to have games on that Monday from 11 o'clock until 8.30 tip will be Jeez. the last one. That Monday to go to the Sweet 16. What's it going to be like if Iowa is playing in that round of 32 to get to the Sweet 16 and on a Monday night? Just how mm. weird that'll feel. Yeah, no, it really will. What's it going to be like in trying to talk? do this at 11 o'clock in the morning on that Monday? Well, let me know, Trent. Cause it would be a little, yeah. <laughs> let, let me know, because I'll be home. Uh, time to uh, take our break. We'll be back with Brian and Rilko, John Bowenkamp coming up on the Hawks. He was part of that uh, Zoom call as well. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Just past 10.30 on a Wednesday, it's uh, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Let's get right to Brian Rilko a few minutes late. Brian, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Of course, Brian with the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. Uh, another month goes by. Uh, the bar keeps getting moved up. We knew it would, Brian, with the, the new regulations that uh, you know you no longer have to go to your property to sign up and you can get all these accounts from sports books all over the state if uh, you're so inclined. Uh, and $149 million wagered on sports uh, in the month of Iowa in January. It's a big number, and we just wonder if it'll keep going. How are you? Yeah, uh, good to be here, guys. Uh, and you're absolutely right, Ken. And, you know, the 149, $149 million in handle for the month of January, um, everyone anticipated we would see increases with the uh, remote registration sunsetting. I don't believe people expected uh, this large of a gain from one month to another, I mean, literally uh, uh, went up almost 45 million uh, in one month in handle, and so, um, so that's telling me, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things out there. One, uh, there were people that did not have access to certain markets that they uh, wanted access to. They were able to get that access uh, as soon as uh, the calendar went to 2021. Um, but then the other thing we're seeing, and we talked about this last time, is just the marketing that is going on right now uh, on radio stations, billboards, televisions. And it's not just um, uh, trying to uh, uh, make sure people are aware of their product. They're, the promotions are extremely high and a lot of match play type things that we're seeing. In other words, bet 500, um, uh, you'll get 500 or or 
Um, or if you lose, then they'll put that money back in your account. And so, so some of these promotions people are really taking advantage of, and that was a portion of the increase, but, but definitely not uh, the reason why we saw such a, such a huge gain. You know, when you look at those promotions, you look at the onslaught of advertising that's happening. Is this something that will continue? Do you expect because there's going to be even more companies coming into the state? I heard Circus Sports is working to get their way in this summer and a few others as more companies come in. They still want to try to get the business. Do you anticipate this is something that's going to continue for a while in terms of trying to get the people to know about what they're doing differently and get them on their app? I do, Trent. And, and actually, um, you know, it was kind of interesting because initially we had thought that maybe this uh, influx in advertising will really only last the first few months uh, of the calendar year. Uh, but you're exactly right. There's a number of companies that have expressed interest. They've entered into agreements with casinos. We have a few applications in, um, but not uh, all of them. And what we're hearing from some of these proposed applicants, these companies that are wanting to come into the state, is now their target date is really football season Mm -hmm. of 2021, Mm -hmm. and so August, September. And so I think we're going to see another uh, large expansion. There's a few applicants that are kind of pushing to get uh, up by March Madness, but the rest, I think, will be in the fall of 2021, which tells me that I think just this advertising boom and these promotions will continue at least through this calendar year. It's great news if you haven't signed up yet. Uh, Brian Rocco, Director of Gaming from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. Brian, legislature is in session. I'm not going to obviously uh, ask you an opinion on uh, you know, whether you think it's going to be a yay or a nay, but rather just ask you if anything is moving forward. We've uh, spoken before that perhaps uh, some of the restrictions against, for instance, wagering on the NFL draft or who's going to win the Heisman or the Wooden Award, which certainly would have some interest uh, with Hawkeye fans, if they want to bet on Luca Garza, for instance, uh, any of those um, um, ways of betting on sports going forward? Do you think, Brian? I know it's still a priority for the industry, and I, and as I talk to the industry officials, there's a consensus. Um, but at this point in time, there still has not been a bill introduced. Um, really, people are referring it to as maybe a cleanup bill or or just. Um, uh, you know, something similar to that, uh, but it hasn't been introduced. Tomorrow, uh, actually Friday is the last day an individual legislator can submit a bill, uh, and then there, uh, and then at that point, it really needs to be uh, submitted by just certain committees. And so, kind of uh, everyone is paying attention here uh, today, tomorrow, and Friday. The two, um, there are a few things out there related to casino gambling. Um, one, there's there's a promotional play. Uh, tax credit bill that's out there um, that has moved through a few phases of committees. And then also a bill was introduced uh, allowing for wagering uh, on foreign countries uh, for simulcast betting, which um, uh, interestingly enough, I'm not sure anyone really uh, knew that that was uh, prohibited uh, with, with wagering on Woodbine for a number of years. That's a great but, uh, point. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> but it is. And, and so there's a cleanup uh, to that. Uh, that's out there right now and kind of an interesting story how that came to be maybe for another time. But uh, but those are the two bills uh, uh, that we're seeing right now. Uh, but like I had mentioned, there's a few days left um, uh, uh, for things to get introduced. 
I was talking to uh, one of my contacts, t- contacts in Nevada, and they said they were just shocked at the annual renewal fee at $10,000. Did did Iowa leave some money on the table just at that low price and mm-hmm. possibility? When could that be revisited when we look to the future? Yeah, you know, Iowa has really never been um, uh, a state, at least in the gambling industry, to have large uh, licensing fees, you know, maybe the exception is the casino license fee, but, uh, just for occupational licenses, um, the service providers, uh, it just really never has been the case. And if you remember last year, or, or I guess it was 2019 now when the bill, um, was introduced, it really, you know, the focus was on, um, and it, it, the focus was never on revenue, uh, you know, the tax rates low, uh, the license fees were low, and it was really about um, just trying to get people to um, to participate in a regulated legal market. And so I think it's consistent with that. Yes, it is considerably lower, um, not in every state, but in some states. Um, but, you know, the good news is, is I think that that has helped with the number of operators, maybe not at first, but I think that was because of the in-person registration. But I think by the end of this year, a state like Iowa with a population of 3 million you know, could have over 20 uh, uh, online companies that are participating in sports wagering. Uh, we're still not going to be allowed once the Cyhawk game resumes this year, and gosh knows, fingers crossed that it does, <laughs> uh, like a Tyler Goodson versus Brees Hall type of prop. Those are still going to be uh, illegal, right? You can't do those in Iowa. Yeah, as we sit here today, uh, that is prohibited in this state. I'm not hearing any um, any movement uh, to get that changed. You know, the industry right now is focused on 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 more of the player of the year markets and the draft markets and those types of things. Brian Arilco from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. I know the answer to this. I, I know I'm going to ask you after the Super Bowl every year for as long as I keep doing this. Um, are we going to get to a point where Iowa can identify how much money was wagered in, on the Super Bowl in our state? So, yeah. So here's what uh, here's what we did, and there was uh, a significant amount of interest, as you know, in this number. And so, the commission does not require the events to be reported um, on a, I guess, numbers to be reported on a per event basis. Uh, but we went to the industry this year and. Um, and with Wes Eric, with the Iowa Gaming Association, worked with all of the operators, and they had voluntarily reported a number of 16.3 million awesome. uh, wagered on the Super Bowl. And so, um, you know, it is unaudited, but that yeah. number does appear to be in line with um, with kind of what what we would expect given the numbers in in uh, January and and what we maybe anticipate in February. Well, that's great. I'm glad somebody pushed for that. And Wes Ericke uh, did that because uh, that's a number that, you know, all the states, um, you know, the, the, the gaming states, Nevada, how much money was bet there, New Jersey, dot, dot, dot on the Super Bowl. It's such a big event. Brian, we'll let you go on this. Trent and I were trying to figure this out earlier. I mean, there's the Super Bowl. There's opening weekend of March Madness. What's the what's the next biggest wagering date on the calendar? What would you think it would be after those two? Because I think the gap is massive to whatever number three is. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And and I, as we kind of look at numbers, you know how the end of the fiscal year, which goes through the end of June, is really going to be contingent on February, March. There's a huge gap, and then at that point, 
I mean, it, it, it really may not be until college football season kicks off again uh, in August and September with the pent up demand. I think, uh, I think, well, you know, we're, things will really level off after, after March. Brian, thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Uh, appreciate it as always, Brian. All right, thanks, guys. Good, good to be here. Yeah, good to talk to you. Brian Rocco, Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission, IRGC, $16.9 million wagered on the Super Bowl at Iowa. Love that. Now uh, love let's that. get the Iowa State game this fall and see how much money is wagered on that That's one. the next one. Yes. That's the ne- Bang. Bug in the Trent, ear. Trent, Trent, That's the answer. Yes. That's what we need to know. Yes. And if we... Would that beat the opening two days of March Madness? In this, oh. in in the state, that's what we're talking uh-huh. about. How, I mean, how could we not do that? How could we not figure that out? Early? <laughs> right, yeah. It's the Cyhawk game. It's the Cyhawk game. What that handle is going to be? Write that number down. Just over what, nearing seventeen million dollars mm-hmm. on the sixteen point nine. Yeah. What's it going to be for the Cyhawk? I'm game? going to text Mister Rilko as soon as we get off the air that's, to put a bug a in Mister Eric's ear to get that one. Um. So I told you I've heard Circa is coming uh-huh. so for people. Maybe new or just don't. Circa will take basically anybody's wager at almost mm-hmm. any amount. They mm-hmm. don't care. This is not a equity kind of place where you no. can buy stock in them. This no. is a he owns it. He owns it, right? And this he will is, take your wager. This is the folks. If you if you go to Vegas, this is the new sports book that everybody is talking about with the pool and the huge screens. Mm-hmm. I it's mean, awesome. it's, it's 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 a palace, is what it is, and it's in downtown Vegas of all places. So they're going to be coming. Uh, the other one I wonder about. And this is probably. The Barstool app, which is connected with Penn Gaming. I haven't heard anything yet. That's when I got my ear to the ground. I mentioned my friend in Vegas, Chris Andrews. They want to get involved here. They're still trying to find a partner. I thought they were in. They were. I thought they were in. I'm not going to say who they were in with. Yep. Uh, But the the people that... And they're still working. They're still working. I know their their horse racing account is with uh, Meskwaki. Yeah. But they don't have a sports book. Is that going to be allowed? That's a question I've asked... I know who uh, doesn't Brian, have a sports book. Meskwaki doesn't. Are you sure? I'm positive, and I believe you. you I was. I've been to Meskwaki once. I thought you could bet horses there. You can. You can bet horses. You can't bet sports. Oh, though. sports. Okay, yes. I'm getting confused. Yes, don't have a sports book there. For them, oh, there's a place up in Northwest Iowa that is also a a Native American casino. I don't think they have licenses. Will that change? You think it's got to, right? Leave money on the table. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, coming up on 1045, John Bowen Camp next. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 KXNO. Hi, right, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial. Got to mention earlier, uh, Northern Iowa Drake at six o'clock tonight yes. too. So don't want to uh, overlook that matchup here, the in-state battle tonight. The Panthers and the Bulldogs. Gary Rima is going to join us next week. By the way, we're going to get Great. Gary. Is football next week or it's the already, week after? It's coming up. Crazy. Eight game sprint for the Panthers on their way to the playoffs. I Fingers am crossed. Anxious to do it. Brian Rilko just texted me back. I will do that for sure. We will have a Cyhawk wagering. Uh-huh. Uh, let's get our friend John Bowen Camp in here. He's also a Dodgers fan. We won't hold that against him. But aren't you getting sick of all these guys going there? No. I I mean I, I want a super team. I I want him to go full J.R. Ewing here at this point. I just want him to be the villain of of baseball at yeah. this point. I, that's what you get when you're champion. No, I know it. You wear that bullseye and the Yankees wore it forever and uh now that it's hard to root against the Dodgers. I can't. 
uh, and, and I, I appreciate that. Uh, so let's get to the uh, let's get to the here and now, and that's a uh, uh, an Iowa Hawkeye team that really needs a win in the worst way. And, and Rutgers, yeah, you hear Rutgers. Well, you know what, Rutgers is coming. That'll be, end up in the win column. This is a decent basketball team, John. Right. You think back to the first time they played. Connor got hurt, uh, and that was a two point game. This is not going to be easy tonight. Yeah, I mean it was. I mean it was a close game, and I mean people forget this was. This was a Rutgers team that was in the top twenty-five earlier this season, so it's not like this is this is a, a bad team. This is, a, this is a pretty good team that's on a roll right now that has some momentum. So, and, and they've always seemed really over the last couple of years to give Iowa trouble. So, um, I, I do think this is this is another challenge for this team that that is really challenged right now. I mean, mentally and physically, I think, and and so I mean, it's it's a crucial game, especially when. You've got to go to Michigan State on Saturday where you've never had a lot of luck. So um, that makes tonight's game really interesting. It does. Rutgers, Ron Harper Jr., he's played well in his career against Iowa. Geo Baker can fill it up. A physical team. They're going to be coming in here, and Iowa hasn't been playing great against these physical kind of teams that are making it tough on them, which, which leads to the question of officiating. After what transpired yesterday, we played the comments from both Connor McCaffrey and uh, from Jordan Bohannon earlier in the program today, John. You were in the Zoom meeting. You could yep. hear that there were smiles at the beginning of it, but also some frustrations. Your takeaway on that and, and Lysico, teen it up for the guys leading into it. Well, I, I, think that I, I, I think that this is kind of, I don't want to say it's in their head, but I, I do think you kind of worry. I, I, I look at it from two angles. One, you kind of worry that, that it is in their head. That this is this is something that is on their minds when they're playing, and you know mentally. When I said that earlier about the team right now that is being challenged, you know, from a mental standpoint and, and from the psychological standpoint, I do think this is something that's in their head. At the same time, it's like you wonder. There's also this: Are they, you know? And it was, I believe, it was Jordan Bohannon saying, you know, Fran McCaffrey fights for them on the court; they're going to fight for him and saying these things too. So you look at it as, you know, is it a positive that this team is really galvanized and, and fighting for each other? So there's a couple different ways to look at it. But I, I, I was amazed yesterday at how that conversation, like, steered, and it just went and it just kept going. And um, I, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was interesting. It was, I, I've never heard, I mean, I've heard Connor speak like that before, but, I mean, never to kind of some of those things that he said yesterday and I was I was I was really interested in that in in knowing where that's coming from. Yeah indeed you know when when Trent played the audio reading it the first time it, it it didn't seem like it was the best look but when you hear the audio and and the zoom uh and the expression on his face that went along with it I can't certainly hold that against him but if I just would have read the piece um it, it yep. seemingly didn't come off the right way so John uh Frederick tonight CJ Frederick is going to give it a go we saw him give it a go how many games back was it three games four games and he just wasn't the same it was player. A Michigan State game Michigan yeah. State yeah, game. And, and, yeah. But his mere presence, and it was something Tom Izzo said after the game that night, you know, his mere presence, they didn't think he was going to play. Then all of a sudden he's starting, and then he said that kind of changed how they doubled off, who they were going to double off of to, to go against Luca Garza. So his his presence, just his mere presence, I think changes the way sometimes, could change the way the teams defend them. And the more minutes he can give you, I mean, this is a guy that, that probably one of their best perimeter defenders. He's a 50% three-point shooter. There's a lot of good things about what he brings to this team, and I do think his impact has been, I, I mean, 
you can measure it in the numbers. I wrote that on Saturday, but there's I think there's a there's a bigger impact just his presence makes on on this team and how teams defend them. It's interesting that a guy they could shoot it well, but just him out there, him talking and get that chip back on their shoulder, that tough team and that's what felt different a year ago about this squad, though they were trending to being kind of the same old Fran team, a team that was going to be a six, seven, eight seed, something like that, win the first round and anticipate losing the second. But there was a toughness to them that has dissipated. Yep. What else other than CJ being out there? What do you? What else would you point to? The reason we're not seeing that it doesn't feel like as much this year. Yeah, and it, when, I mean, I, it, it, that is something that is missing. I mean, there, there does come a point, and, and I've talked about this before, where you've got to draw a line and just say, okay, this is it, we're done with this. We've got to play better defense. We've got to do this, we've got to do that. They're not doing a lot of little things, and, and it's all kind of coming together at once, whether it's missing the free throws or letting leads get away, you know, turning the ball over at critical Offensive time. rebounds against them. Offensive rebounds, which, again, Rebounding is a lot about toughness too, mm-hmm. yep. and whether it's whether you go after the defensive board or, or keep them off, you know, to get offensive boards. You know, there's there's a lot of that too. So a lot of those little things have kind of come together in this perfect little storm right now, and I think that's a, that's played a major role in what's happened to them right now. And you know what, Dan Dockage called the Hawks out for their lack of toughness last night. He was doing the Michigan State Penn State game, and and yeah. that came up. And what he was referring to, John, and you just hit the nail on the head. It's the he 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 said that the reason Iowa does, and I'm paraphrasing, win the Big Ten is because they're not a tough team, which I think a lot of people take to mean they just don't rebound the ball, they don't look after their right. own uh, defensive rebound. I mean, how many times have they got killed uh, by the other team just coming in, just taking it to them on the offensive glass? Yeah, and I mean, rebounding is rebounding is a lot about position, but rebounding is a lot about effort too. And I mean, going after. And, I mean, early in the season, you know, early in the Big Ten season, I mean, you were seeing guys, you were seeing Jordan Bohannon getting five or six boards a game. You were seeing a lot of guards get, get boards. And now, you know, you're getting, like you said, you're giving up a lot of second chances and you're giving up a lot, of, and you're only getting one shot at the other end. So um, that those those kind of things can build up during a game and can cost you a lot of points when it's all said and done. John Bonencamp joining us. John, uh, over to football for a moment. Tim Polisek off to Wyoming. He's going to be the new offensive coordinator there, meeting back up with Craig Bull, his old uh, coach at North Dakota State. What does that mean? It also looks like Derek Foster is leaving for a job in the NFL. A couple of open spots here. Read anything into it and any names on the surface level you've uh, been able to unearth. I haven't heard it. You know what? I mean, the obvious name for me for the offensive line would have been AJ Blazik, but he's mm-hmm. made two yeah. moves this this winter. Right. I mean, he went he went from North Coast State to Wyoming, and then from Wyoming to Vanderbilt. And I don't know if he makes <laughs> a third move, but I mean, I've I've known him for years. He's a, he's a, he's a great coach. He he would have been a great fit, but I don't think he comes in. I I don't make. I mean, I think it's just guys that are that are looking. I mean, when you really think about, it, there isn't that move. There isn't that there isn't that opportunity to move up in on this coaching staff. So I think you're going to see a lot of these guys just kind of move elsewhere to move up, and I, I it doesn't surprise me that they did lose. They've lost one, and they're probably going to lose another one this year, just because it just that's just the way this staff is right now. Uh, spring football locked in. Did I see that last week? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they've got a plan. I don't think they've got an official date yet, but okay. I, I think they've got a plan. I think they're going to move it back a week just because there's no spring break. Um, you know, which which they've kind of so I mean they're kind of wanting to give them just a break 
from the from the weight room work and all that. But I, I think he gets moved back a week. But uh, their plan is to go 15 days and and try to get all 15 in. And and you know I don't think there's going to be a, a scrimmage an open scrimmage at the end. But right. I mean I, I think they've got, they really want to get all 15 of these dates in. Uh, IowaCollegeHoops.com, John. We got 30 seconds left. I know you pay attention to Drake and the Panthers as well, and they go at each other tonight against a six o'clock tip. CBS Sports Network has the TV of that one. Uh, just your thoughts on that one as Drake looks to get back into the win column. I I, I want to see how Drake responds from that first loss. I think that this is a really good team and. And I think what happened the other night, that's just going to happen in the Valley. But I, I really want to see how they bounce back tonight. A uh, big weekend, obviously, with Loyola Chicago yes. coming up. John, great stuff. Exactly. Thank you. We'll talk to you in Thank the weeks you. ahead. Yep, have a good one. Yep, do the same. IowaCollegeHoops.com for our friend John Bowencamp. Off to Chicago when we come back. David Kaplan will join us. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. And then Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports quarterback carousel not the coaching carousel the quarterback carousel is about to start spinning 1460 kx and all in 106.3 fm